How to Create a Glitch Monologue Season 12 Chapter 8 This is Episode 8 of How to Create a Glitch in the Matrix Monologue Season 12. In this episode we will be talking about orientation, exegesis, the dialectical process, and the cycles of bodily rhythm. Returning to Chapter 1 of How to Create a Glitch in the Matrix The Complete Series. It is now fundamental to say that an individual's expectation field is concentrated or released according to certain patterns created by the cycles of bodily rhythm. That is, the expectation field is concentrated the closer one comes to a release. These cycles of concentration and release produce patterns in the behavior of people, which make them predictable, and so, must be eliminated if one wants to see a glitch. That being said, it is also interesting and somewhat fundamental to note that these cycles produce patterns which are observable on a larger scale in the behavior of people in groups or otherwise. Thus, it is merely a matter of science to point out that women tend to converge in their period, just as smokers tend to feel the impulse and indulge at similar times. It is trite to say that deplaning passengers will all go to the washroom before they depart, just as it is common sense that we all eat, sleep, and fornicate around the same time. I would hasten to add that the predictability of groups owes as much to circumstance and environment as it does to the fundamental common biology we share, and the all is one, reality, of one consciousness. Now, exegesis of an experience, the unwinding of the contextually anchored, personal, to the somewhat more objective, impersonal, distanced, idea, follows the same pattern as the dialectical process of thesis and antithesis, because it is non-contextual. The gradual erosion of the personal, the elimination of context, does little to eliminate the gateways of the experience, but what it does do is make it untraceable so to speak, to those who weren't part of the initial experience. In other words, if A and B experience something, then regardless of how completely that truth is extracted, it will remain accessible to both. The same cannot be said for a stranger to the event however, who will only retain the higher meaning. In this way, the bare, personal, of an experience, is like a key, to a lock created by the puzzle of exegesis. Now, interestingly, what abstraction, or exegesis, also does, is make it possible to orient one experience to another, which otherwise would be impossible given the personal. What I am saying is, the clockwork, creates, by exegesis, giving one the ability to exist within a resonance space created in the vacuum of so many personal memories. A kind of consonance, which cannot be made in the purely personal world of our emotional associations. The key step remains the exegesis, the abstraction, the separation of the personal from the emotional, the sublimation of the tension of the moment into the tension between all things, finding a release in the patterns created by how so many pieces fit together, distanced from the moments which comprise them. But of course there is a price to all this. There is a trade-off. The personal that we discard through our method of exegesis creates spatial and emotional distance between us and others. It isolates us, because it makes our thoughts unrelatable, unattached, impersonal, subject to a process that might escape all those but those who were present. In effect, by eliminating the personal we are eliminating the patterns which comprise our expectations, our rhythms, our releases. To put it bluntly, exegesis without the personal is a form of thought encryption. It narrows our gateways, 
erodes our personability. That's the end of the podcast for today. If you enjoyed it, please like, comment and subscribe.